Okay, let's get started with Parshas Baha Alosacha. Tavshin Ayin Hey, scheduling note. Next week, Beth Hashem, there will be a shear. Uh, next Wednesday night, Parshas Shlach. And then the following week, there will be a week off. Not off, but we'll have to suffice with the past year's uh, shiurim. I'll be traveling that week, and then we'll pick up for the next uh, eight Parshas shiurim or so from, uh, from Cam Kaley. Uh, and Beth Hashem, then we'll pick up again here um, after the summer. But again... Tonight, and uh, obviously, as Hashem, and uh, next week we'll still be here, Parsha Shlach, then Korach will be the travel week, and then we'll pick up with Chukas uh, from Chutz La'aretz. Okay, let us start. Parshas Baha'aloscha, one of the major, most shockful Parshas, all different, uh, different topics and different events that we have, and let's start with the middle. As we have touched on this before, but this year we see it in the words of the Azayim LaTorah, where we have the Parsha of Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni, Klal Yisrael come, Perak uh, Tes, Klal Yisrael come, at least some of Klal Yisrael come to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they complain. They complain, Pasuk Vav, Tes Vav, Vayihi Anashim, Asher Hayut Tvam Lenefesh Adam, there were people who were Tamei. Why were they Tamei? Various opinions in the in the uh, Gemara. Velo Yachlu Laasos HaPesach Vayamahu, they couldn't do Pesach. Vayikrevu Levnei Moshe Levnei Aaron Vayamahu, they came to Moshe. They said, Why should we lose out? Why should we have less? To bring the carbon Pesach. It's not fair. And Moshe says, Okay, wait a minute. Let me see what Hashem wants to say. And Moshe then gives the uh, okay to have, to have Pesach Sheni. Says the Azayim LaTorah. Let's think about this for a minute. Let's think about our Pesach. Our Pesach. Pesach is up there in terms of the busy holidays. It's one of the more, you know, challenging, busy, a lot of things going on. And if we think it's busy now, imagine what it's like for Zman HaMikdash. There's a lot happening to get ready. Not just chametz, not just matzah, and moror, but this carbon Pesach. you got to designate a group, who's with who, where are we sleeping in Yerushalayim. There is... There's a lot going on. It's very busy. Imagine if we would be able to one year... Okay, you're putter from this one. This one, you don't have to do this year. This year, you can take it easy this year. This, you don't have to worry about this one this year. What would be our reaction? What would we say? Okay, there's one part that we're putter from. Right? Like, it's like the Lahav deal. You're going away. Okay, you don't have to clean this year. You've got to worry about the matzah. And the, one part. What's our reaction? Says Lazayim LaTorah, Harbe mitzvos nemru Pesach. So many mitzvos. I'm not saying anything negative about that, but just in in general, there are many mitzvos. Hashbas Saar, Pesach, Achilas Matzah, Maror, Simchas Yantif Ode. Umabakach. Let's say we'd be potter from one of them. Im e Afshar, Bishana Achas, Lukayim Achas via mitzvos. If there was one year that we couldn't do one of the mitzvos, Uviprat Machmas, Ones, Omebnei Kiyam Mitzvos, Halavayas Hameis. It's not that we were negligent, but we were involved in a different mitzvah. So we couldn't do that. We were involved in burying the dead. So we were Tameh. So we couldn't bring the carbon Pesach. What would be our reaction? What was their reaction? Loma nigara. It's not fair. It's not fair that we don't get to do it all. That we don't get to do every single one. It bothered them that they didn't have, they didn't have enough. They didn't have it all. Avoseinu, line 7. No nefesh, lo nachu, velo shaktu, vitavo mi Moshe, la Give us the opportunity. 
Es hayecholes. Lahakriv karban Hashem b'mo'ado b'toch b'nei Yisrael. Hawi ad kama yaradnu plaim mi Mitzrayim v'adheina. And what does our generation do? Halo b'doroseinu e'en l'smechem e'la gil ki imsu teretz v'tayna shalakriv karban if we ever get out, we're exempted from a certain ASIC, well, we, would, we would say, oh, great. We would, we would uh, take a deep breath. We would say, okay, good. I was going to do it, but Barak Shep Tarani is his Lashon. Barak Hashem that I am Potter. He says, and that's what we have. He doesn't say the example, but I'll throw it in. How many times when we hear on a Monday and Thursday morning, right after Mavarech Zama Yisrael Shalom, we hear the word Yisgadal, all of a sudden a smile crosses some people's faces. All of a sudden. Ah. We know we say Rachu because the gates of heaven are open on Mondays and Thursdays. Special Rachum V'chanun. Special compassion. You may Rachamim. And yet what do we feel when we don't, we, we, we wonder where the Chassan is davening that day. Says the Zion Latar, that's not a Pesach Sheni Jew. That's not a Loma Nigara Jew. Someone who's looking for opportunities. Someone who's looking to always see what they could do to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what we get from those two words. We have to make sure that we are Loma Nigara Jews. We don't want to lose out. We want every opportunity that HaKadosh Baruch Hu places in front of us. We don't look to get out of it. And we even have this in Halacha. Not only in this halacha, but in the halacha that we're all familiar with. And that is Hilchasitzis. Hilchasitzis, the Torah writes in source number two in Simon Chavdalid, says the Torah, I know, I know that fundamentally there's a difference between Tfilin and Sitzis. I know that. I know Tfilin, there's no choice. Every man has to wear Tfilin every single weekday of his life. And Sitzis is more flexible. Sitzis is situational. Says is it depends only if says the Torah I know all that, but what does Elamini Garaju do? What's our attitude? I could get out of it. I don't have to put myself into the situation of obligation. That's not what Elamini Garaju does. Torah doesn't use that lashon, but that's what he's saying. Afal says the tour. She'ein adam chayev liknos talis bal arbas arbakanfos. Even though a Jew does not have to buy a garment. Of four corners, kadesha yischayev betzitzes to be obligated in tzitzes eladafka im rotzelis kasos betalat pastalat kanfos chayev latabatzitzes only if I'm wearing a four cornered garment then I have to wear tzitzes. Nowadays nobody wears four cornered garments. Most of our garments are not four corners. And yet, says the tour, what do we do? Nachon lios kal adam zahir vizariz zahiras and zrizos both. We don't take the out. We don't say, okay, I have to wait fill it, but, but tzitzes, no, no, no. We put ourselves in the position, in the situation of wearing tzitzes. Every moment, it's only good for us. It could only help us. And the Torah explains Beautifully, like other Rishonim do. This is really Parsha Shlachish, Yutzitzes. Ka'adam ha-mazir l'chavero al-inyan echad shakosher kesher ve'ezorah kadeshi yizkarenu. Kind of like when we tie a string around our finger because we want to remember something. Later in the day, oh, what was I supposed to remember? Oh yeah, 
That's our tzitzis. We look down on our tzitzis. Oh, all mitzvos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, spiritual life. We mentioned a number of years ago, Revolvi writes in one of his svarim, why strings? How does that remind us all of Hashem? Because every mitzvah, imagine, we're in the sea. We're in the sea of life. And there's so much going on around us. Hashem throws us life preservers. He throws us ropes to grab onto. And he pulls us up. What pulls us out of the muck of life? Out of the, out of the hashka in everything around us? It's the mitzvahs. Every mitzvah is a string that Hashem is throwing to us. And we grab the string and we climb up the string. That's why strings of tzitzes remind us. Uzachartim is kol mitzvahs Hashem basisim osam. That's the tzitzes. But says the tour. We have a choice. That's true. But we say lama nigara. We put on our tzitzes. And maybe that's an even greater, a greater litmus test of where our avodas Hashem is. You're right. Gotol hamitzvah v'yoseh. Right, we have a, we're greater the one who is commanded. But in a sense, when we do something we don't have to do, that really shows a certain level of ahava, a certain level of commitment. And that's a Pesach Sheini Jew. And that's where we start off, Parshas Baaloscha, looking for opportunities to do mitzvahs. Okay, now let's get back to the date of this parak. And parak test, back to the beginning, back to Shlishi. We know we mentioned this already a couple weeks ago. Parshas by Midbar. By Dabar Hashem El Moshe b'Midbar Sinai. Hashem says to Moshe in the Midbar, Bashana Hashenis l'Tzeisam Eretz Mitzrayim b'Chodesh Arishon Lemar. Hashem said this whole story took place the second year after they went out of Mitzrayim. Right, a year later. Right on the first of the Bashana Hashenis b'Chodesh Arishon. Right, the second Nisan. The first Nisan was Yitzias Mitzrayim. The next, a year later, that's when the story took place. Asks Rashi, Rashi quotes Chazal, but wait a minute. If we look back at the first Pasuk of Sefer by Midbar, that took place a month after this Pasuk. That was in the second month, if we look back to the beginning of Sefer by Midbar. So Perak Aluf of Bamidbar is Er, second year. Perak Tess of Bamidbar is Nisan. Second, it's a month earlier. So it's obviously, you can't get out of this one, not in chronological order. You have to say that here. The question is why. Why did the Torah, why did Hashem put the Torah in this order? The Torah we know is, it's not that it's written, chas v'shalom, out of order. The way we formulate it is, it's not written in chronological order. The Torah is not a history book. It's not written in chronological order. Why not? So Rashi asks, Rashi says, Parsha Shebarosha Sefer Lo Nemra Ad Iyar. The beginning of the Sefer is not said till Iyar. Lamadata Shein Seder Muktam Amuchar Batora. Where the Torah is not written in chronological order. Ve'lama Lo Pasach Bezu. So why 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 not? You could always ask if the Torah is not written in chronological order. Why not? According to Rashi, you have to ask that in Sefer Shmos because Rashi holds that the Mishkan was a Takana. A tikkun, a kapara for the egel. So according to Rashi, it's also not written in order. Truma Tetzava comes before Kisisa. So Rashi also has to explain it there. There is not explicit in the Torah. So other Rishonim don't say that it was written out of order. But here it's explicit in the Torah. So why? Why isn't Pesach Sheni the first section of Sefer Bamidbar? Says Rashi. Mipnei shuhu genusan shel Yisrael. Because it reflects negatively on Am Yisrael. 
Something bad. Why? Because all the 40 years that B'nai Yisrael were in the desert, this was the only Pesach they did. They did the one, right, as they went out of Mitzrayim, Pesach, Korban Pesach, and this one right here, second year. That's it. Afterwards, they didn't bring any more Korban Pesachs until Yoshua. Until they crossed the Yardin on the 10th of Nisan, 40 years later, 39 years later, and they went in and they all had Rismila, and they brought the Korban Pesach. Because this was, this is the only one they brought, so that's why it's Gnus. It reflects negatively on Am Yisrael. You don't want to start a Sefer of the Torah with like something bad about us. You don't want to do that. So we start off with Hashem counting us, and He loves us, and it's great. And nine prakim later, we talk about how how uh, we only brought this carb, this carbon pesach out of all the years. That's Rashi. Question: Why didn't we get carbon pesach all those years? Why didn't we bring carbon pesach? We had animals. Why didn't we bring carbon pesach all those years? So Chazal tell us that we didn't have rismila. An RL, an uncircumcised male, is not allowed to eat carbon pesach. And therefore, we couldn't eat Karim Pesach because we, we weren't circumcised. Well, go back one step. So why weren't we circumcised? Why didn't they do a bris mila in the, in the Torah, in the, in the Midbar? So the Gemara says it was dangerous. It was dangerous because it was Sakana to give bris mila, and then maybe the, the, the Anan is going to move tomorrow. I'm going to have to travel. It's too dangerous. So no, no Mila, and therefore no Mila, no Karim Pesach. Asks Tosvos and Meseches Kiddushin, Taflam Zion, source number three. So why is it that the fact that we didn't bring Karman Pesach all those years, why does that reflect a gnus on us? It wasn't our fault. We were bones. We didn't have Brismila. We couldn't get Brismila because it was dangerous. We were in the desert. So it wasn't our fault that we didn't bring Karman Pesach. We weren't allowed to bring Karman Pesach. Ask Tosvos, why is that called a gnus? Rashi there, Tosos and Kiddushin, quotes. Tosos also learned Rashi on Chumash. Amazing. Rashi, imagine having your grandfather safer. You know, of course you would learn it. All the Bali Tosos are Rashi's grandchildren and their friends. So imagine if your grandfather wrote an unbelievable safer, you'd also learn it every Shabbos. So they learned Rashi on Parshas Baloscha. Parshas Baloscha. Al-Bachodesh Arishon. Pirish Rashi. Unbelievable. 800 years ago, they were learning the same Rashi that we're learning tonight. So... What does Tosa say? The parshas of Rosha say, "Fellow Namrad here, Lamate Yimuk the Ruchem Torah, Valam Alavaz Bazuk Nusa Shal Yisrael." He quotes the Rashi. So he quotes, "Why didn't they bring it? Because Vechulu continues and didn't do uh, Brismila." And he also quotes, and this was also related to Alpiadib, where we weren't supposed to do it. So ask Tosva, line 16. Since then. They weren't supposed to do it, either because it was dangerous or because Hashem didn't tell them to. So what was negative? Why is it so negative that the Sefer Bamidbar had to be written, not in chronological order? What was so bad? Tosfus has one answer. Tosfus says, well, why were we stuck in the Midbar for 40 years? We were supposed to go in 11 days from now. So go back a step. Oh, it was dangerous because we were traveling. Well, why were we traveling for so long? At root, it is our fault. The Yeshvomar, the Hainugunusam, Shenishtahu li Kanisla Aretz, Ad Memshana, Mipne Avon Maranglim, Lafichach Lonitzavu. That's why they were commanded. Mimayuzochan, the Kanisla Aretz, Miyada, Yimsuvi, Miyad. 
We would have had the Tzibui and history would have been different. So Tosfah says, ultimately it was our fault. And ultimately it's Gnus, even though that Chet didn't happen yet. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, uh, had the Torah recorded and dictated it, right, this was, this was known. Answer number one. Answer number two, though. There's a second answer suggested by the Shem and Atov in the first volume based on a base Yisrael. Based on a base Yisrael. He has his kasha, third line. For Rabbi Makshim, we saw it in Tosfus. To my son, to Ones Rachman Apatre. If there is an Ones, so the Torah says you're Potter. What? It's not our fault. Not their fault. They couldn't do Brismila, and Hashem told them not to. Velo Yachalumul, Biglal, had the Ruach Svonis. Right? There wasn't the northern wind, the healing wind. So why? So he explains based on a base Yisrael. It says something very beautiful. To Mishune. Parshas Pesach Sheni, Mi Parshas Benos We know there were four. We're going to focus on two. There were two sections over the next couple of weeks that certain groups of Jews came to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe did not first tell Klai Yisrael an area of halacha. First, there were questions about it. That Hashem, Moshe went to speak to Hashem, and Moshe came back and gave the answer. Two of those are one right here, Pesach Sheni. Another is in a couple of weeks from now, Benos Tzlavchad. When the daughters of Slavah came, we want to get a portion of Eretz Yisrael, and all the laws of Yerusha were written in the Torah based on the answer that Moshe gave them. Says the Beis Yisrael, though, conceptually, there was a big difference between the laws of Pesach Sheni and the laws of Benos Slavchad. The Eitz of Benos Slavchad, Haisaksuva Umuchan Bashamayim, Eladizachu Hainche Yeamar Al Yadan. Hilchus Yerusha, they existed. They were going to come down to Am Yisrael in one way or another. Right? They were there, Hashem already wrote those laws, so to speak, and they were coming down to, to Am Yisrael. The question was, how were they going to come down? So, Benos Flavchad were merited. They were Zohar, they loved Eretz Yisrael, and they wanted a portion. So, they were the ones that brought down that, that area of Halacha. But when it comes to Pesach Sheni, this relates to what we started off with tonight, Pesach Sheni, if they wouldn't have shown that they desired, that they wanted, that they felt left out, then maybe Hashem would have kept those areas of halacha. They created that area of halacha, so to speak, through their desire. Masha'en came, Parshas Pesach Sheni, Zachu Ha'anashim Ahema, Dehim Garmu, Leparsha, Lehe Amer Ulehivaleid. Through their taina of we want it, they helped create those laws. They, they weren't happy with their, their, their matzav. Right? They wanted to partake. What do you see from this message, though, from this base Israel? If Am Yisrael really, 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 really want a mitzvah and we desire to do it and we have such chuka to do it, Hashem ultimately will give it to us. Hashem will figure out a way for us to do the mitzvah. And that's what happened by Pesach Sheni. We wanted it so badly. We were Pesach Sheni Jews. There's no other mitzvah like this. You have a makeup time. But at that time, they didn't want to be left out. The second current Pesach in the history and therefore it came down. If you really want it, a whole group of people, Hashem's going to give it to you. Says the Shem and Atob based on this. Maybe that's the point. 
if I, this was the first year. But what about the other years? What happened? Oh, we can't do Brismila. Okay, no carbon Pesach. Oh, no. If Am Yisrael really, really wanted it, and they continued to want it, Brismila, carbon Pesach, Hashem could have figured out a way for us to do it even during the Midbar. If we really wanted it, and the fact that he didn't figure out a way must be that we didn't really want it, and that's the Gnus. That first year, fine, we were great. Pesach Sheini. But what happened after that? Why isn't there another section in the Torah that says, in the third year, Moshe, it's not fair. We want to do bris milah. We want to Pesach. At the end, amiti upnimi by an inner true ratzon yecholim lezakos lemash alpi teva nira What appears impossible? That's the gnus. The Omale Ratsu, if they would have wanted, with their desire to do Brismila, to be Makr of the Karban, so then Hashem could have figured out a way. And that's the Gnosis. So we have Tosvis' answer, and we have the Shem and Hatov's answer. Okay, moving right along. Rav Silvechik once said that he, Pashabaloscha is one of his favorites. One of his favorites, there's so many little in Yanim, so many, they're not little, they're only little in quantity, not in quality, to talk about. There's, we didn't even talk about the beginning, right, the, the Levium, we have Pesach Sheini, we have uh, issues of carrying the Mishkan and the Anan moving. Let's go to now Perek, Teza, Perek Yud Aleph. Perek Yud Aleph, skip now a little bit, we have some of the Matos skipped. Perek Yud Aleph, going to go a little out of order. Moshe Rabbeinu handing off, so to speak, a little of his authority. It's only Parshas Baha'aloscha, but Moshe needs some help, as Yisro had said. So, what happens? The beginning of Perek, uh, Perek Yudalaf Pasek Tezayin, Vayomer Hashem HaMoshe, Esfali Shivim Ish Mizikna Yisrael, Gather me 70 men, Asher Yadata, that you know, Kiheim Zikne Ha'am Bishotrav, find me the men, You'll take them. They'll stand with you. I'll come down. I'll talk to you there. I will... What is v'yatsalti? It's a hard word to translate. I will take from the grandeur, the ruach that is on you, and place it on them. And they'll help you carry the load of the nation. You won't do it yourself. What exactly is going on in these psukim? Hashem's going to come down and take something from Moshe and put... What, Hashem can't give something directly to these, to these men? Why does he have to take some of the Ruach from Moshe? Just give them their own Ruach. Question one. Furthermore... What were these men? Which men were these? Gather me men that you know, Asher Yadata, Kiheim Zikne Ha'am Vishotrav. They are the Zikhanim. Okay, what is Vishotrav? What is that adding? Rashi. Asher Yadata, Kiheim, Osan, Sha'atamakir. Those that you recognize. Shenismanu Alehem Shotrim Bimitzrayim. Ba'avodas Perech. The Jews that were appointed by the Egyptians as fellow Jews overseeing 
to make sure the work is done. And these Akanim, who were the Jewish policemen on the fellow Jews, had Rachmanus on their fellow Jews. And the Egyptians got mad at them. And what happened? Umukim al Yadam. And they were hit. They took the beating because they didn't want to have to tell the Jews. They didn't want to have to beat their own Jews. So they took the beating. Those Jews, Moshe, that were Moser Nefesh in Mitzrayim, now is that now they're getting their due. Now let them join you. They were there in the difficult times. They were Bitsaris. So now it's time to them for them to have gobbles. Asks the Meshachachma, why specifically was this the ingredient that was needed for them to be the Esvali Shivimish? For them to be the 70, they're going to help Moshe Rabbeinu out. They had a, is, is there any Mida connected Mida? They were hit. They were Moser Nefesh. They weren't the smartest. Doesn't say they were the smartest. It says Ziknem. Ziknem. But is this always what was needed? What, what is, the, is the connection between Dafka, that event in Mitzrayim, and what happens here in, in uh, the Midbar with Esfali Shivimish? Says the Meshachachma, a Yisod Gadol. A Yisod Gadol about Nevuah. A take home Meshachachma. Says the Meshachachma, Da, top right of source number five. Begeder Hanevuah. Matsanu Shahanavi Mizdakeh Lafikocho. We know that a prophet, a Navi is purified and gets Navua based on his level. Amnam Adayin Eno Muchan Lishefa Hanavua Halokit Rakbedera Hanina Shora Alav Ruachanavua. Says the Meshachachma, obviously building on the Rambam without telling us. To be a Navi, I have to perfect myself. I have to work on myself. I have to be misbodate. I have to do what I can to connect, to separate myself from everything else in the world and connect to Hashem. But at the end of the day, says the Meshachachma, if somebody receives a Nevuah, it's because Hashem is giving you a present. It's because Hashem decided you are worthy for me to give you a special message, for me to connect to you in this intense way. No matter how much a person prepares themselves, Says the Meshachachma, ultimately, Nevuah, even though it doesn't sound this way perfectly from the Rambam, the Meshachachma says, still, ultimately, it's a Matana from Hashem. I could work on myself, but it's a Chain. Shorah Lavrach Nevuah is only B'derach Chanina. And that's what it says in the Mechilta. Vashem, line 6. Nasan es Am. Ruach HaKodesh Shorsa Aleim. Av Shadan Lamuchan L'Nevuah. That is why sometimes, says the Meshachachma, it's possible for somebody who is not even prepared to get Nevuah to be a Navi or to get a temporary Nevuah. Because it's always from Hashem. So if we perfect ourselves, then we'll get it in an intense way. But if Hashem decides to give Nevuah, to speak to a Lavan, to speak to a Bilam in a certain way, Hashem could do that because all Nevuah is really given. All the Lashonos of Nevuah is all about Hashem placing his Ruach. Hashem is the active party. It is a gift. Just like rain is a gift, so too this is a gift. That is step number one. 
Step number one, Nevuah requires Machachana, but after all, it's a Matnaschein. And number two, as we just said, even people who aren't always worthy get it. But now he adds, V'ima Nevuah, line 13, 14, once the gates of prophecy are open and Hashem is giving Nevuah to a certain individual or to a certain group, there might be a spillover effect. There might be some people in the area that might get it or feel it even though they themselves didn't prepare for it. They weren't ready for it. And this is exactly what happened with Shaul HaMelech. Remember the story, David Amalek is running away. So Shaul sends his armies, go get me David. And they go and all of a sudden they start prophesizing. They become Nevi'im. And he says, another group is like, forget it, I'll take care of this myself. Shaul goes and he wants to kill David. And all of a sudden, he starts being a Navi. He takes off his crown. And that's why everybody says, I got Shaul by Nevi'im. Right, is Shaul also on a, how'd that happen? Shaul wasn't ready for it. The answer is, once Hashem was zapping down the Nevi'ah onto David, onto the entire group in the area, so Shaul got it too. Hagam Shaul Banavim. But now, says the Meshachachma, the spillover effect has an exception to the rule. There has to be some kind of Mechanem Meshutah, some, some type of common denominator between the person getting the Nevuah and the others. Meaning if the other person is totally not Ra'ui, there's not going to be a spillover effect. Unless Hashem wants to specifically give that person like Bilam. There can only be a spillover if they're in the same league of Navi. There was never a spillover effect by Moshe Rabbeinu. That was different. He was a different type of Navi as this Parsha, the end of the Parsha. Aaron and Miriam didn't even understand that. But he was a different type of Navi. Says the Meshachachma. Line 20. Lachain Nevuas Moshe. When it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, he was totally connected. He was the only one that we might say it wasn't a complete present from Hashem. He earned it. He reached the level that it was basically automatic. It was basically connected to Hashem and that's why it never says by Moshe, Visamti Ruach Ruchi Alecha, Vinasati Ruchi Bacha, Kiu Beetsem Avia Nevium, Kioya Mukhatamil Dibor Nevuibali Hepsik, Viam Kain, Nevuaso Lohaya Shefa, Mispashimilamal. It wasn't a spillover. It was shooting down and it was a spillover. No! Moshe got it himself. And therefore, it was as Faklaria Hamira, as Chazal tell us. And therefore, there was no spillover. So now there's a problem here. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in Parshat Baloscha, needs to give Moshe Rabbeinu some helpers. But they have to be somewhat connected to him in his league to help him. But they're not in his league. So what is he supposed to do? So first of all, Hashem thinks, wait a minute. Moshe Rabbeinu, he is the ultimate in Moser Nefesh for Klal Yisrael. That's the ingredient that I need for the people to be his helpers. I'm going to take the show trim. I'm going to pay the people who took the hits in Mitzrayim because in that way, in that small way, they're connected to Moshe Rabbeinu. The ultimate Moser Nefesh and they are also Moser Nefesh. Line 11 on the, on the left side. Asher huku al-dvar Yisrael b'Mitzrayim b'zeh yeh lohem hishtavus ma 
a little connection. You killed the Mitzri, you were Moser Nefesh, and they also, and in that way, in a little way, there's going to be a spillover, but it's still not going to happen automatically, so I'm going to come and do it for you. And that's the Lashon in the Parsha. Hashem says, I'm going to come, you read it, like, what's going on here? But with the Meshachach, was beautiful. Hashem says, gather them, via reality, then I'll come down. What does Hashem have to come down for? Because he's got to take some, a little bit, a little bit of Moshe. And I'm going to have Nevoah with you. And I will take from of the, some of the Ruach from you and put it on them and in that way they'll be able to help you. If I wouldn't do this, it would never be able to happen. But that is exactly what occurred what occurred here. Moshe usually didn't get a matana, he never gets a matana. But here Hashem, so to speak, had to take it from him and give a little bit to some of the to some of the others to share it, though again it's a tenuous connection, but it's enough to help a Moshe Rabbein. Enough to help him serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu in that in that way. Okay, right, and you see the uh, right Cooperman in the in the footnotes in source number six. Kadesha Yuchalios transfer me Moshe El for there be able to be some type of transfer. Moshe. There's got to be some type of connection. The unique type of nevua that Moshe got, it couldn't go to anybody else. Only once they had this, right, then they were able to be able to help him in that level. Okay. Moving right along. Let us go to back a couple of psukim to Parakud, one of the more well-known sections of this parsha, and that is the backwards nuns. The backwards nuns, Parakud, Pasik Lamed Hey. We have the parsha of Ayib Ben Soa with the backwards nuns in the in the Torah. So, what are these backwards nuns standing there? So, just to remind the uh, remind the olam of the thought we mentioned a number of years ago from Rabbi Lamb, where he says, why dafka nuns, if you want to have a separations? So nun, nuna, is a fish. Backwards in Aramaic. A backwards nun, backwards nuna, are fish going upstream. For Jews to take the Torah with them, by Yibin Soa Ha'aron, sometimes a Jew has got to, got to swim against the current. Sometimes we got to go against what the whole world is saying. Backwards nuns, by Yibin Soa Ha'aron. Deep thought. Okay, but let's get back to this year's edition. This year's edition. Why is this here? Why is this section of the Torah put here? So Chazal tell us that they ran away, right? Pasiglamit. I'm sorry, even before we get there. We're going to get to the back, the nuns in a second. But before we get there, we're going to talk what's right before the nuns. At the end of uh, the first section, um, right before the nuns, the Pazik says, Vayisu mei har Hashem derach shloshes yamim. They traveled from the Har Hashem three days. Va'arom b'riz Hashem nosei alafneim derach shloshes yamim l'asher lohem menucha. They went away. Vayisu mei har Hashem. Chazad tell us in Masechah Shabbos and elsewhere, Vayisu mei har Hashem, Kitino kaborech mi beis ha-sefer. Like a child running out of school. You never see as a big a smile on a child's face that when he runs out of school. 
That's how we ran away and left Harsinai. Like a child running out of school. Source number seven, Ketino Kaborech Mibesa Sefer. Why? They were nervous. What were they nervous about? Second line, Amru, Shema Yosef Len Od Mitzvos. Maybe there's going to be more mitzvos. It's terrible. More and more. We've had enough. We have to get out of here. And that's why we're going to talk about soon the nuns are there to separate between this event and what took place afterwards. We'll get to there. But this is the this is the message. What was the root problem? What was our root problem at that time? Because we never like to say, oh, what was their problem? We would have done the same way. We were part of Klai Yisrael. So why did they run away? Why did they not want more mitzvos? Why, what didn't we appreciate? Says the Osra Satorah. We didn't realize the gold, the jewels that every mitzvah represents. We didn't value every mitzvah. Because if, if we were given a moment to go through the treasury house of a, in a palace, we wouldn't leave early. Okay, I had enough. We would stay there shopping spree. Right? We wouldn't leave early. Oh, my cart's full. Okay, I don't need any more. No, we'd stay there to the very last second. Says the Osra Satorah, Hochichu ba'alil she'ein lohem havana mitzvos. We didn't appreciate the value. When we don't appreciate the sweetness, the beloved nature, they feel like a burden. And we want to throw them off. When we don't appreciate the value of every mitzvah. That was the problem. The Mishnah tells us, we know the end of Makos, next page, source number eight. On the fourth line, Rabbi Chinin Ben-Kashi Omer, one of the more famous lines in all of Judaism. Hashem wanted to be mezakeh and give merit to Am Yisrael, so he gave us more mitzvahs. Hashem More. And the famous question is asked by the Rambam and the Maharal and many others, is it a schus to have more mitzvahs? Just give us ten. We have so many mitzvahs. Doesn't that make it more difficult? Doesn't that make it more challenging? Why are more mitzvahs better? Why is that a schus? Rasul Azakos. And we didn't think so when we ran away from our Sinai. So why is it better? Two Mishalim. Two Mishalim given here in the, in the Osra Satara. First Mashal. Line 11. Shnei Anashim Muvtalim. Nikshu Lulishkas Havoda. There are two men that are unemployed. Unemployed, they really wish they had a job. So they both wait online at the employment center and they each get a suggested work, an offer. Each get a, an offer. Right, one person got offered a very hard job. Right, very. Matisha, it makes you tired. But the pay is really good. The pay is really good. And you get benefits. All milus. Right, that's the first suggestion. And to the second person, he gets a very easy job. Be a guard. Just stand there, make sure. That's it, not much. And, you know, we'll pay you. You know, uh, um, appropriate, commensurate with your actions. They both go out of the agency. Harishon, the first one, is happy. Vitov Lev, 
he's in a great mood. And the second one is Sarbazav, he's very upset. Their friend meets them and says, oh, how'd it go? He says, let me guess, let me guess. He looks at the guy who's, who's very happy. He's like, you, I know, you got a real easy job, relaxing, not hardworking. And you, the guy who was sad, you got backbreaking labor. You got a really tough job, right? And they say, just the opposite. Just the opposite. The one who's celebrating says, no, I got the hard work. And the other one says, yeah, I got the laid back. No work. Because the one who gets the hard work gets the higher pay. And therefore, even though it's more challenging, he knows it's worth it. And he knows it's more fulfilling. And he knows he's being more productive with his time. Ratza HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lizakos Es Yisrael. There's no other nation in the world that has halachos and laws of how to do everything. How to go on vacation. And how to uh, eat. And how to, how, to do, how to go to sleep. And how to this and that. Everywhere. There's mitzvos. The more work there is, the more avoda there is, the greater the payoff. And that's Lazakos as Yisrael. And that's what we needed. We didn't understand that Harsinai, Ratz and Lazakos, Lafika Torah Mitzvah. Mashal number one. Then there's a second Mashal from the Dubna Magid. Dubna Magid, source 26. I think we had a Dubna Magid last week too. It says the Dubna Magid in source 26, line 26. There was, again, a certain man, a certain boy, was in business. So he went to a distant land to, to do business. He met his uncle. He went to his uncle's country. And he told him his plans. You know, I'm going to set up shop. You know, I have, a, I have a, a, an important a service to provide. I'm going to set up shop and uh, hopefully make some money and then go back home. Kishashama Dodo, when his uncle heard the plans, he went to all of the merchants that he knew of. He wanted to give his son, some, his nephew, some business. He wanted to tell them, go, go buy from him. Go buy every uh, every uh, vendor that he saw. Go buy from him. Go buy from him. And his his nephew was busy, 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 constantly, constantly. After once he saw that the, he had enough, he went more and he went more and he went to these merchants. He went to those and he kept sending him customers. The entire he was there for a week. He kept sending him and sending him and sending him. Busy, busy, busy. And finally, a week later. He, the, 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 the uncle says, no, how's it going? He's like, this is unbelievable. I haven't stopped. I haven't, I, I made everything. This is amazing. I haven't stopped. I haven't had, I haven't had a moment to do anything else. Says the uncle, that's exactly why I did it. I didn't want you to have any downtime here, any laid back time. Because free time and bored time and not doing anything just leads to trouble. Just leads, like the Gemara says, she amum, leads to, leads to problems. Top of the next page. And go to all the places. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows that some of this world is wonderful and great and very matim for a Ben Torah and a Bas Torah. But some of the world, if we have too much free time on our hands, you know, sometimes we could be involved in things that we shouldn't be involved in. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us a package 
that there's always something to be involved in. There's always something constructive and spiritual and worthwhile to be involved in. Be it a be it a learning Torah, be it a chesed, be it a mitzvah, be it anything. There's always there's no such thing as free time in Yahadus. There's always something to do. What's free? If somebody is osik in a Torah lifestyle, that's free. We don't believe in anything else. Ratzel says Yisrael. He wants to be mezakeh us and to fill our days with productive items, to fill our days with Torah and mitzvos, and in that way, we won't be involved in things we shouldn't be involved in. And that's how it is. Two mishalim, one, the harder we work, the made a greater schar we get, like the person who got the job offer. And number two, this mashal of always being busy, and that's what that's what always is is good for us. Okay, moving right along. Now let's get back to the backwards notes. So Chazal tell us. Let's look at the beginning of source number ten. The Gemara in Mesecha Shabbos Kuftes Vav Kuftes Zayin tells us that this. Parsha here is very unique. What parsha? This two pasuk parsha. It's surrounded by backwards nuns. What's it doing here? It doesn't seem to belong here. So the Gemara has a machlokas tanam about it. Let's read it. Line number two in source number ten. Taner Rabbanan. Vayibit sala haaron vayomer Moshe. Parsha zu asala akadosh baruch hu simanios. This parsha Hashem made signs. Meaning nun and afuchin milamala ulamata lomar sheein zemakoma. This section does not belong here. It was stuck in here by God. Stuck in here by God. Rebbe holds no. It's excluded a separate sefer. We're not going to go into Rebbe Shita right now. But the Shita that argues that says it shouldn't be here was stuck in here is Rebbe Shimon Megamliel. Let's skip to line seven. Rebbe Shimon Megamliel he. Titani Rav Shimon Gamliel Omer Asida Parshazu Shete Akermikan V'Tichatev Bermekoma. These two sections are going to be uprooted when Mashiach comes, let's say, and be reined in another spot, in its appropriate spot by the Dgalim, which we'll get back to that line. V'Lamakasvakan. Why is it written here? K'Dei Lahavsik Bein Peranis Rishona L'Peranis Shnia to separate between two tragedies. Two difficult events in the life of the Jewish people. We don't want to have two in a row. We don't want to have two in a row. So that's why this is put in the middle. So what was the one beforehand? We just spoke about it. By Hashem, we ran away from our Sinai. That was bad. And right afterwards, we have the misonanim that we complain. We complain. It's too. We're going too fast. It's too hot, and we're hungry. We complain. The misonanim. So we don't want to have those two in a row. So that's why Hashem. Put this right in between. Asks Rav Nevenzal in his Sefer on Shavuos. Asks Rav Nevenzal. I don't understand. Wh- why? How does this help? What, so we don't read it consecutively? There are other sections in the Torah that also, we do things that are, that are negative and negative and we have piled on in a row and a row. This isn't the only time. This isn't the only time. Parshas Breshas, Parshas Noach, right? That was, uh, right, Chatoim uh, and Chatoim. And even here, we have other times, Shlach, Korach, right throughout Sefer by Midbar, we're not so great. So ask Rebbe Nevenzel, how does it help? How does it help to put this section in between? So Rebbe Nevenzel says, it's unbelievable. He says, no, 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 we're missing the point of the Chazal. 
Chazal aren't just saying, oh, this is bad and that's bad. You don't want to have two in a row. It says of Nevenzal, each chait is only a chait when it's looked at in light of the other chait. If we looked at each one of these chataim independently, there might be an excuse for each one of them. There might be a way to explain it. And therefore, Hashem put this in the middle because it only really looks really bad when they're seen in light of each other. Why? Let's see what he says. Biyarnukah, fourth to last line. Efsharlis, yaches, bechiv, misuyam lakach. Sha'am Yisrael, rotsim, linsom, ayar Hashem. They ran away from our Sinai. If we would have just had that story, you know, maybe we wouldn't have thought it was so bad. You know why they're running away? They want to go into Eretz Yisrael. They're running away. To, 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 for, they're running to. They're not running from. If we would just have the event of Klai Yisrael running and going fast, because they want to, what? So we would have said, they want to get to Eretz Yisrael very fast. Like the halacha that he quotes, like the Shulchan Aruch says, you're allowed to run out of a shul if you're going to a base madrash. Because you're, go- you're not leaving, you're going. So if we would have just had Vayisu Mehar Hashem, there wouldn't be a problem because we would say, oh, they're running to Eretz Yisrael. What's the problem? What happens next? We complain to Hashem, it's too fast, we're starving, we're tired. So once that happens, oh... So the running away wasn't because you wanted to go in fast. Because now you're complaining we're going too fast. So it's only seeing them in light of each other. And if it was the other way, the top of the next page, Gam ha'uvdashem is onanim. B'derech, right? They complained on the way. You could have understood it. Because after all, you know, it's, it's a desert. It has snakes and scorpions. It's hard. It's hard to, to, uh, to be in the desert. So why do you run into the desert? Why do you run away from, from Harsinai? It's only when they're seen in light of each other do we then uh, think that it's a hate, and that's why this is put in the middle. Not that just because we don't want to have consecutive chataim, but because we don't want to see one in light of the other one. Shataina line 6. Al-Am Yisrael haisa betziruf shnea chataim gam yachad. It was the tziruf of the two sins together. If you really wanted to go in quickly, so why did you complain when we were going too fast? The answer is, says the Rebbezal, that is exactly why this was put into the middle. And he just ends off with one other note that we don't always think of. What does the Gemara mean that in the future, oh, this is going to be uprooted and put in its proper place. Isn't it one of the animamins that the Torah is never going to change? What does that mean? We've read the Gemara. Do we ever have any other type of idea? The Torah is going to change in the future. No, it's not. So Nevinsal says you're forced to say that this is built in. It's a built-in clause. That's why Hashem put the nuns there. It's a built-in clause that this is not in the right spot. It's here for now, but it's not going to be there forever. That's what you have to say. Line 21. That it doesn't belong here and it's going to be, it's going to be changed over time. That's what you have to say. So one halachic and one hashkafic message. Okay, two final points 
for this evening's Parsha's Baha'alosa. The end of the section, the end of the Parsha. We know Moshe Rabbeinu, this is his Parsha. If there's any Parsha that we could stay, Moshe Rabbeinu's godless and uniqueness said explicitly, it's this one. Because after all, who's saying that Moshe's a great guy? None other than God. None other than Hashem. It's not like somebody else is giving me a compliment. Hashem is giving me a compliment. That's pretty good. That's a great haskama. If Hashem says, Lo avdi Moshe, Bechol Beisi Ne'amonhu. He's my man, Hashem says. Bechol Beisi Ne'amonhu. Ask a number of the Mepharshim. It's, it's Moshe, but isn't it amazing to think that the greatest individual, the, the individual that reached the highest heights in history was also the most modest? Isn't that pretty amazing? It could be okay. He was pretty modest and he was pretty great. It's the greatest and the most modest. How do those go together? And we all know that. The greatest, the greatest one, Moshe Rabbeinu. And he held, and he was the most modest. He wrote, let's just add, what does modesty mean? Because after all, well, we know there's a whole controversy. Who wrote the last eight sukkim in the Torah? Because Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't have written that he died. Okay. He wrote this, he wrote this week's parsha though. He wrote this week's parsha. So when the Pasuk says in this week's parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu, Vohaish Moshe, Anav Ma'od, Mikal Adam Adama, yeah, you're right. We could probably, probably Hashem was like forcing Moshe, like Moshe, you better write that. Moshe, stop complaining, write that. Moshe didn't want it. Okay, by Yikra he got away with a small olive. But here, you can't get out of this. Can't get out of this. Maybe anav. It's, it's ksiv without the yud. Maybe that's where it was. Right? Okay, i got to take something away. But Moshe wrote that. So, how did that not affect his anivus, his gabus? How did those two things work together? The greatest, he reached the highest heights, and he was the greatest anav, the most humble person. Says the Darke Musr. Rivnaim. Says the Darke Musr in source number 12. Makshim, where it's underlined. How is it possible? Says the Darki Musr, it's not only possible, but if we understand it, it's natural. What does that mean? He's going to expand. It's not only modesty. Moshe was the most perfect inter- in many Midos. Many Midos. We know Chazal tell us. Sometimes he got angry. That's true. But there were so many Midos. What's the secret of Midas Tovos? Says the Darki Moser. What's the secret? And then we'll understand what Moshe Rabbeinu's secret was. Line three. Alzez, uh, he says, Pashut, ki zeu davar tivi, ki b'neshama ein gaiva, ki hi chelek eloki mi ma'al. Our neshama, our soul, has no arrogance to it. Because our soul comes straight from Hashem from the Olam HaEmes. And our soul knows exactly the purpose and what it's about, what life is about. A neshama can't have gaiva. Can't have gaiva. It's a totally spiritual creation. And therefore it can't have gaiva. It's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And just like he quotes, B'makam G'dula so shamotzi an v'san so. The neshama is unbelievable. It's so spiritual. But it, it knows why it was created. Anava et slah he dumb dover tivi belishum chishmonos. 
Kol Mishem Mekurav Lanishmaso, Huanaf. So says the Daki Musar, the more we are in touch with our Nishama, the more we live spiritual lives, Mamela, we are less focused on ourselves, on arrogance. On, the, the Nishama has no arrogance. The Nishama is totally modest. What does modest mean? It doesn't mean I think I'm a nothing. It means I don't think I'm any greater than I'm just serving a purpose in life. I'm doing what Hashem wants me to do. And he's doing what Hashem wants him to do. That's what an anav is. I recognize my, 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 my goal when I'm, when I'm there in life. So says the Daki Musar, the more in touch with my neshama I am, the more spiritual life I live, mamela, mitis tovos, are just going to flow naturally. The less I'm in touch with my neshama, the more I'm in touch with my guf, the more I focus on my physical desires and pleasures, doesn't mean zero. Hashem, there are mitzvos that have to do with physical pleasures and desires. But the more I'm connected to that, the more it's going to lead me to go away from my neshama and lead to midos rose in all different ways. Says the Daki Musar, there was no one that was more in touch with his neshama than Moshe Rabbeinu. It was the ultimate. It was the, he was always in the zone with his neshama. We mentioned, I think once or twice in past years, one of the most unbelievable sources in all of Tarsha Balpeh. The last Medrash Rabbah in Dvarim, where it talks about when Hashem sends the Malachim to take Moshe Rabbeinu's Shama. And he sends Michal, and he says, and they all say, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And finally, the, the Samael goes, and Moshe looks at him, and he runs away. Finally, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to go and talk, and say, and Hashem the Medrash, you, have to, you cry when you read that Medrash, it's unbelievable. The Hashem says to the Neshama of Moshe, Please, it's time. You've been there 120 years. And the Neshama says back to Hashem, I don't want to leave. This is the most perfect spot in the entire universe. I'm not doing it justice. You've got to read it over as we've done in the past. But Moshe was a Neshama man. right? He didn't eat and drink for 40 days and 40 nights. See, he was the ultimate. But that's why he was an Anaf. Because the more connected we are to our Neshama, Memela, Midas Tovas will flow. And that's how we, in a sense, could even be, could try to be like Moshe Rabbeinu because he was so in touch with his neshama. I gave you an example. We quoted this about five years ago on the next page, Source 13. A Moshe in our day. We have Moshe Rabbeinu. But there were many Moshes who are humble in their own right. right? We don't have to look too far. Rav Moshe Feinstein. You read any of Rav Moshe's tshuvas. There's an unbelievable tshuva Rav Moshe has in Source 13 where he was asked, what happens if there is a Chacham that people come and ask them to daven for their Cholim, but the Chacham knows that he's not really a Chacham. What is he supposed to do? So Moshe, Re- Moshe writes, people come to me, they want me to daven for them. I don't know why they're coming to me. So I write a lot of books. But why are they coming to me, says Rav Moshe. And, and that's what he really, that's what he felt. Anyone who came across Rav Moshe, he was, he, was, he, was, he was totally self-effacing like he didn't, you read his Akdama to Igris Moshe. I don't know why they're asking me, but I guess they're asking me, so I have to give answers. So that's what he writes here. And he writes, okay. He quotes sources that say that even if somebody themselves don't consider themselves a Chacham, if people, other people think they're a Chacham, they still have power because people look at them, so I guess I'll dive in for them. But I still... Rav Moshe Feinstein followed Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Anna Mikal Adam, the greater one is the more one is in contact with their neshama, sometimes the easier it is to have the 
They need this tovas. We don't have time to read the Ramosha. I just gave you parts of the Shuva. Let's just get to the final thought for the evening. And that is going back a little bit. Paragud Aleph, Pasuk Dalet. Very difficult Pasuk. Very difficult Pasuk for us to fathom. Am Yisrael, Pasuk Hey, really. Am Yisrael came out of Mitzrayim. It hasn't been that long. Maybe about a year. Hasn't been that long. The Makos. Some of these people probably had, you know, some of their babies thrown into the Nile River. Rahman al-Hassan. It was pretty bad. And what does the Pasuk say? They start complaining. We remember that free fish. The cucumbers, the watermelons. Oh, it was the life. The Altaheim. Remember the Altaheim? It was great. What are they talking about? They don't remember. Let's focus on one word. The Chazal focus on. Free. What does chinam mean? Rashi says, chinam, chinam min ha-mitzvos. We didn't have the burden of mitzvos on us. We were free, even with all the terrible, like we spoke about before, they didn't have the, the right attitude, the proper perspective about what mitzvos were about. That's a Rashi that many are familiar with. But Rav Mordechai Eliyahu in Source 14 quotes a Zohar. The Zohar says, Chinam, you know what Chinam means? Not Chinam below mitzvahs. Chinam, line 8, below bracha. Havi alina b'mitzrayim ol dila'ela. We didn't have to make brachas in Mitzrayim before we ate. When were the birchas and then enacted? Okay. But we didn't have to make brachas. Ask Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, what's the big deal? They were so happy. Or they were so upset. What's so hard about making a... Okay, we don't make brachas with kavana, But it's only because we're not focused on it. If you would remind us and tell us, make a bracha with kavana, slowly we would. We don't have anything against brachas. It sounds like for me they were anti. Why were they anti? And he says, the secret is the next line of the Zohar. They were thinking about chinam below bracha, delohavi alina b'mitzrayim ol... In Egypt, they didn't have the ol from above. What's a bracha? A bracha is a recognition that it's not from me. A bracha is a mini Kabbalah Somach Every time we say a bracha, more than a hundred times a day, Baruch Hashem. Kabbalah Somach the Ramam writes, and the Begit Brachas, we say Brachas all day to remind us that we're not the Bailam on this world. We're not the Bailam on food. We're not the Bailam on thunder and lightning and everything that happens around us. We're not the Bailam. That's the point of a Bracha. And if we really deeply think about that, that's a, that's, that's a, a recognition that we need to have. But it's not so easy to recognize that everything is up to Hashem and not me. That's what they were thinking about. Because that's difficult. But that's what we have to do. Says Ramordechelio at the end. A bracha needs to have that effect on us. We need to have that recognition that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge and a bracha is the vehicle and the mechanism to bring us that Kabbalah Shema, not just twice a day through Shema. That's the major 
Kabbalah Zomach HaShemayim. But even every time we say a bracha, if we could do that properly, we could be masaking this chait, and Rebbe Hashem use that to bring us closer to our Kaddish Baruch Hu many, many times each and every day. Okay, we'll stop here. Rebbe Hashem next week, again, will be Shir Pashashlach right here. And then we'll, uh, Korach will be uh, the travel week, and I'll pick up again the following week from Chutz Laretz. Okay, but next week we'll be right here.